This podcast is sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. Did you know that a single slice of pizza at Woodstock 99 cost $12? But a beer cost $4. So what would you rather have? One slice of pizza or three beers? Maybe that was part of the problem with Woodstock 99. And on this episode, we're going to talk about all the problems with Woodstock 99. So sit back, relax, and uh, have yourself a beer. The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. You know the name of it? I don't have to say it because you're listening to it or watching it. And while you're watching it or listening to it, do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube because we are live streaming right now. If you like this show or if you're watching this show after it's already been live, subscribe. We would appreciate it. Hit that little bell on the side. You'll get notified when we go live. Also, uh, if you're watching on Facebook because we're live streaming over Facebook, also share this. Share this with your friends. Share if someone likes music. And if you're listening to it on whatever platform you're listening to on Podcast World, uh, give us a like subscribe, leave a comment, give us five stars, whatever you need to do on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you want to reach the show, contact us at milkcratesandturntables at gmail.com. You have suggestions, comments, criticisms. You don't like my co-host. We get a lot of those. And speaking of my co-host, let's bring on the most hated man in podcast world. Not really. My co-host, Jack Calabrese. That's really cruel, man. (laughs) Well, you look like a convict tonight. All I do is try to love you, and all I get is grief. You look like you should be in the 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 Green Mile. Dude, it's it's cold up here. You got you got the 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 prisoner Scully on. In the facial hair. In the facial hair. The funny thing, it's it's only coming in dark under the nose. You know, it's all gray. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah. 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 Because I'm younger than you. You're older. I look younger than you. Wicked old. Wicked, wicked old. Ah, right off the bat. I know we don't like the banter at the beginning of the show, but oh man, just tuned in. The one, the only, Scott, the IT guy. Our man on the street. Our man in the computer there he is. world. There he is. He's Our motherboard be- motherfucker. <laughs> like that? He's he's only saying it's a good look because it's his look too. Don't. <laughs> Don't. All right, so let's jump right into it. You ready to do a good show? 
I am ready to do a good show. All right. For those that are watching uh, and the, those that are listening on our screen right now, usually we have a it's a cassette without pictures. It's all, you know, technically fancy stuff. It's Woodstock 99 and other things. That's what we're talking about tonight. And uh, Woodstock 99 was a very interesting, interesting uh, piece of music history, I think. There was a, a big transition uh, that, that, that that kind of set off. Or it was the end of, or was the beginning of, depending on how you look at it. Um, it was a shit show, quite it, literally. It was a respects. shit show. It was a shit show. So Woodstock 69, the original, was a, uh, it was like a cultural touchstone, right? But in all honesty, it was really fantasy. The people that saw the movie, people that listened to the album, they edited all that to be all nice and, and, and happy and peace, love, dove stuff. Yeah, okay, they had to think about the don't take the purple acid or whatever. Oh, what was it? Brown acid? What brown. was the color? Don't, brown acid. Don't, yeah. don't eat the brown acid. And, you know, the baby was born or two there. But in reality, it was sort of a tragic thing. Some people died. They mm-hmm. had to military lift, airlift supplies in to the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the organizers were as unorganized as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they lost money. There was a lot. I mean, there was, there was sexual, you know, uh, uh, abuse going on there too, you know, sex. So it kind of had, but it has that fantasy thing to it, right? Yeah. Cause was, there was, was social definitely. media wasn't around. There was a three was, news stations, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was it. Yeah. Right? It was, it was, it was glorified. In a, in a lot of different ways, it was, um, you know, it became the the legend. But you're you're right; it, it was riddled, it yeah. riddled with problems. Not enough food, not adequate toiletries. You know, they talk about uh, Woodstock '99 there being riots. They were kind of quasi riots in in '69 as well. Yeah, they there was this. They were called up against the wall motherfucker gang, and what they were doing was they were attacking. The food carts, like the food mm-hmm. stands, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, so there was assholes back then too, but you never hear about that. Even in the documentary in the movie, they never go near anything like that, you know? So that happened and we, we, could, all, we could talk about that. But then fast forward to 1994, Woodstock 2, I believe, Probably right? The- Probably the best run of all of them. Right. It was smooth. It was, you know, it was a different time. It was the early 90s. And, you know, I'm not sure who headlined uh, 94, but it was, um, it was Meta- uneventful. Met- Met- Metallica, Aerosmith were, were uh, both big names. Green Day, Nine Inch Nails, the um, Blind Melon. Right. They were some of the bigger acts that, that played okay. in 94. So and it, and it was it was uh, there was it was uneventful as far as incidents and bad media etc. Right. So uh, fast forward to ninety nine. It should have been named something else. It should have been named Woodshed or Wood Woodshed or Woodchuck, not Woodstock. Uh, it was uh, like you said, literally greed stock. Greedstock. It was literally, not figurative, literally a shit show at one it point there in that it, thing. Yes, it was. You know, and and, and we're going to get into all that. 
But what, what I thought was interesting was they had artists trying to replicate 69. Like you had Wyclef and the Fuji All-Stars. And he's trying to play uh, the Star Spangled Banner on the guitar. And it was fucking horrible. Like, horrible. <laughs> Like and then they tried, you know, they were up there trying to light the guitar on fire, like he did at uh, at the Monterey Pop Festival, and you know, and they couldn't really. And then he tries to smash the guitar, and he couldn't break it, like you know. So you had him. You had uh, Bush tried to do the country Joe McDonald and the Fish "Fuck You" chant. Give me mm-hmm. an F. Give me. Mm-hmm. So. What they didn't realize, and and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if I, I it was, um, what's the name of that group? Uh, uh, Scott Stapp is the lead. Creed. Creed brings on Robbie Krieger. Like, who the, f- these these kids in the crowd were 24. Like, Robbie Krieger is, is, is irrelevant to them as Jim Morrison. These, yeah. these kids didn't know Robbie Krieger was like, so they tried to do all that. Right. Which, it, which by the way, no connection to Woodstock. The doors didn't play Woodstock. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. Excellent point. So it was $4 a, for a water and $4 for a bear. Everything was like four bucks. Right. Or everything more. was, everything was super overpriced. And on top of that, they, uh, prohibited people from bringing in their own food and their own water and that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So now, there we was snuck in everything. Huh? We snuck in everything. Well, there was uh there was this this there was this kind of uh theory going around. Not a theory, but I think it was proven that a lot of these securities, so they were the peace patrol, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They wore these yellow shirt t-shirts at Peace Patrol and they had credentials, which means they could basically go anywhere, right? Well evidently the, the guys up at the front who were supposed to be the most trusted were uh, they would confiscate the beer and the chairs and whatever that they, they, they didn't want to let in. But if you paid them 50 bucks or more, you could keep your drugs. <laughs> like, like if they caught them, just 50 bucks. Okay. They turn their head and they bring them in. Right. And those dudes were, they were like a, 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 uh, like a a a rogue pack of security guys they they would just some of them would just tuck their credentials in and like just walk around they got to see a free show and get paid right mm-hmm. so the atm machines atm machines at woodstock is interesting mm-hmm. right atm which eventually ended up getting ripped open mm-hmm. by the crowd but there was lines uh the water had a line so you were there right I was there. You were there. So what was your lead? Like, okay, you hit the road. Uh, You with who? I went with uh, my nephew guy and Bert Klein. Okay. So three of you. Uh, Yeah. So the three of us, three of us went and, you know, we read the, the rules in terms of, you know, you can't bring in a grill. You can't bring in glass. You're not supposed to bring in a lot of food. We went to Patsy's Meat Market in Winthrop. And got five pounds of beef tips, five pounds of turkey tips, five pounds of pork tips, five pounds of boneless spare ribs, five pounds of um, you know uh, chicken. Uh, we had pepperoni, we had pickles, we had bread, we had salami, we had cold cuts, we had cereal, we had coolers full of things. So five, again, five days, three days worth of food. 
right? there, there, there were three of us. We had a four-man tent, a two-man tent, and a one-man tent. We wow. called it the compound. We set it up. And, and the people around us, the kids around us, I kid you not, they were starving. They were eating you know, cheese and crackers and whatnot. We were feeding everybody. We had so much food. <laughs> we we fed everybody. But you know the weird thing, Scott, is you know you, we drive there. It was a long drive, so we left from Dover, New Hampshire. We had not been in our house more than a couple of months, and we drove uh, to Rome, New York. It was on an Air Force base, so it was yes. on the tarmac. Yep. So no, you know, you think of Woodstock, you think about rolling hills and rain uh-huh. and mud and keeping cool and whatnot. It was on. Literally, the the runways of an airport. Base, it was Grissom. I think it was Grissom Air Force Base. Yeah. Grissom Air Force Base. 90 to 100 degrees every day. Yeah. People were dehydrated. People were drinking too much. People were not sleeping enough. People were just going up to the raves and staying out all late. Plus, it was the biggest fucking frat party you've ever seen. I had never seen so many backwards baseball caps yeah. in my entire life. Yeah. Um, it's just well, there, there's you know a what? reason for that, and, and we'll get to that. I believe there was a strong reason for that. Yeah, and, and we can definitely talk about that. But I can, I can tell you right from the get-go, being there, there was a strange vibe. You could, fe- you could literally feel it, that something just wasn't right. And it was okay the first day. And the second day, it definitely got a little weirder. Like, people just had an edge. Uh, it was... It, it just had – it did not have the the peace and love vibe. There was a lot of uh, nudity, uh, and there were there were a lot of lot of there were a lot of friggin' meatheads there, a ton yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it became an issue uh, real fast with the heat. Um, water to get water, not if you. They had actually, I believe, they had like water uh, water holes, so to speak, yeah. where you could go yeah. get water. It's like a, a circular thing, right? And you could just at, at one point people were bathing in it. They were bathing, bathing in, in these it, things, right? Bathing in it, sleeping in it, pissing in it. Right. Right. And there was a line for these water troughs, right? Yeah. So I evidently, from what I understand, some kids got sick of waiting in line and they smashed the pipe, the water pipe. Yep. They did. So the water pipe ends up what running over into the campground because Einstein's didn't figure out it was going to happen like that. And they would probably stay in there. Right. So that creates the mud, right? That creates the big mud puddle that started to form. And that wasn't the only thing, right? That was going to start overflowing. There was, there there were porta potties everywhere that were overflowing. So you got that with the, hose that had the you know the running water that created a, just a slurry of deer island style sludge yeah deer island is a water treatment plant uh but before it was a water treatment plant on the outside in the boston harbor it was uh it was basically raw sewage pumped into the atlantic ocean you know? yeah um and we swim and it's just like these idiots at woodstock so you see these pictures of these kids Covered in rolling in the mud, and literally they were. It was mixed with shit, mm-hmm. and 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 it's true. Yes. Yep. And these true. people were diving in it, and they were like wallowing in it. I saw a video of some dudes swimming, like belly flopping into the water outside a porta potty. Like, they, are they, you? 
We've they, done some crazy wanted, shit, right? They wanted they wanted the Woodstock experience in in the worst way, and there there just wasn't you know the the fields, and there wasn't the rain that that is associated both with Woodstock nine uh, sixty nine and ninety four. So they found what they regarded as the next best thing. <sighs> well. They, they live to regret that, or they didn't live. Who knows, right? Who knows what, what happened there? I, I think I, – I don't know what the actual number is. It may have been between two hundred and fifty and 350,000 people that were there. I, it, it's not, it, it, it I'd, say, I'd say it was 350 at least. Yeah. It was were, a massive there were, crowd. There were a lot of people there. Now, think about this for a second, this combination. So 90-plus degrees – no escape from the heat whatsoever. You, you couldn't escape it. There were no trees, you know, not, none of that. There was people sleeping underneath the trailers, the refrigeration units, because yep, it was were. the only shade out there. They were. And, and, and for a bunch of college kids, mostly college boys, right? Yeah. Yep. Bottles of water were $4. Yeah. You know, how, you know how much beer was? $4. About four bucks. And what, so what are you, you going to drink? Were, what do you think they were going to drink? Exactly. And which one dehydrates so, you and which one hydrates you? Right? And they got dehydrated. Now you add one other element to it, right? So yeah. when you think of Woodstock, you think of Richie Havens, you think of the band, you think of the Who. Joplin, you think of Sly the and the Who, Family Stone, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and Jimi Hendrix, Water Re- Revival, right? Like all kind of we like go the down the list, love yeah. it, right? Janis Joplin. And yeah. in Woodstock 99, you had corn. And you had Metallica, so, and you had Megadeth, and you had Rage Against the Machine, and you had Kid Rock, and you had Limp Biscuit. Do you hear Peace and Love in any of those bands? So let, let let's let's touch on that. That's a good that's a good transition, right? So the '90s started with Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder, and and the overlap of Michael Michael Stipe, right? All these dudes are just laid back, easy going. You know, t- between Kirk Cobain wearing the dress and being kind of effeminate at times and Michael Stipe, they were very mellow, mellow guys, right? So you start the decade off with that. You end the decade with fucking Kid Rock, Marilyn Manson, Jonathan Davis from Corn, Fred Durst. So, but those, but these artists at the end of the, at the end of the, decade they tapped into something man they tapped into an anger that had evidently been building this new metal as much as people might knock it they did tap into an anger that these this generation of kids for some reason had whether they they were the last maybe generation to be uh or the first generation to really be raised uh you know, like a lot of single mothers, you know, uh, they were, they were the Gen Xers, right? Mm-hmm. So, but there was an anger. There was an anger in there, and these groups tapped into it. And it, it, it basically blew up. And Woodstock 99 was the, the stick of dynamite, right, that yeah. really launched it. And, and what, for some what? reason, there was, they were angry. They were just fucking angry. So one of one of the theories that is floated out there is is that uh, there was there was kind of a backlash against MTV. So MTV uh-huh. was, you know, was the station that brought us 
you know, U2 and introduced us to so many different bands in the 80s and the early 90s, including a lot of the grunge acts that you mentioned, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, MTV became our little sister's station. Absolutely. In sync, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, you know, you know, the Spice Girls, all of that. So there, there was a backlash in music. Well, don't uh, forget know, the um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Don't forget. Uh, what was that Carson Daly show that he TLC. did every day? T- yeah. Right. That uh, that TLC absolutely that he, he absolutely was the face of the selling out of MTV. Yeah. So there, there was a backlash. And I remember, you know, Carson Daly was there broadcast from the stage and people were throwing, throwing everything at him. Yeah. yeah. And even even the offspring came on and they actually had like, um, you know, dolls or statues that represented. Uh, I can't remember if it was the Backstreet. It was the Backstreet Boys. Boys. Yeah. And he came out with a baseball bat and started beating on him. Yeah. Piece it was like a love. big rubber. It was a, a piece plastic piece, red. It started knocking their heads off. Yeah. Peace and love. I don't think so. So. You have that, right? And then you have Kid Rock coming out. Like, if you want to talk about the haves and have-nots, and he basically flaunted, he came out in that big white mink. It's a fucking 100 degrees out. Yes, Comes out in was. the big white mink jacket, which he's Kid Rock. It's the whole, the cane, the hat, you know. And, uh, you know, he has the valet, comes and takes it. But he does his thing, and people love him. That was his stick, right? He was he was actually really good. He's all oh yeah, the, the Kid Rock. I I've never heard a bad critique about one of his shows. He is an entertainer, that's for sure. Um, you know you have that, and then you have uh, the Limp Biscuit comes on, and the bass player is the first one out on the stage, and he just gives the whole crowd the double middle finger. Just stands there giving them all the middle finger. Right. Then Fred Durst comes out and says, this is fucking 1999. Take your Birkenstocks and stick them up your fucking ass. <laughs> right. So that Limp Biscuit is, is the, was the driving force behind the reverse baseball caps. They, they were huge. They were one of the top three highlights of that whole so they had a massive following at that point. I don't think I've, there's been a couple of bands that had such a gigantic ascent to the top so quickly as Limp Biscuit did. I Nookie just absolutely, it was so different. It just lit the fuse. They were the fuse that ignited the stick of dynamite called Woodstock 99, I believe. He got, they got blamed for the fire. They got blamed for the destruction because the same name of the song was break things. Right. Yeah. But, but, it, but it, they, they can get the blame for it, but it didn't happen on their watch. It happened the next day. Well, it, it started was- on their watch when he was singing break things is when they first remember they were tearing, they was, they were surfing the crowd on giant pieces of plywood that they ripped off of the, 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 the scaffolding yeah. that was yeah. holding the speakers. So that yeah, was the was- beginning of it, but they weren't by any means the cause of the whole thing, but they, no, no, the, the no, promoters no. like you, to point gotta, the finger gotta, at them. You, you got to remember that, that I don't remember the exact time, but I think that Limp, Limp Biscuit came on at like, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon. No, there they came still- on in the evening. They came on in the evening, eight thirty. They came about, no, it was like, I think it was like seven o'clock. Cause I, 
actually was it that late? Yeah, because my my daughter and I. Uh, she was the one, she was a freshman in high school and she was the one that actually turned me on to corn and Limp Biscuit, and she wanted to see, and it was, remember it was a pay-per-view you could pay per performance because they came on and the, the sun had gone down by the time this set was over. It was, it was in the yeah, evening. You may, you may be right. Yeah. And so we, we actually rented that. We rented that. Uh, we, we, we paid, did the pay-per-view for corn and she was ecstatic. You know, we were watching it on our, uh, our third, what is it, 36 inch fucking 400 pound box television back in 99 before flat screens. So they caught a lot of heat from the promoters. They, they just became the catalyst, but it wasn't their fault. You know, I, I think I have, I, I think you, you might agree at what was the real cause of everything in the end was them fucking giving away candles. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that, though. We'll get to Sunday. So let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let's. I, I'm interested in your, your experience there. So who did you go to see? Um, so, you know, me, me being a little bit older and me, you know, just kind of loving music uh, across the board. I definitely wanted to see Rage Against the Machine. I wanted to see Metallica, but I also wanted to see and got to see, you know, some other bands that you wouldn't even associate associate with um you know with with Woodstock 99 James Brown opened the second opened it day. up 5:30 on uh, Friday yeah. afternoon right uh, Al Green you know live uh Jamiroquai uh, horrible from what i understand Jamiroquai was fucking horrible no they were they were okay but you know i mean they they <laughs> People were throwing stuff at them. <laughs> yeah, because he was fine. Jamariquai and Woodstock, come on, man. What were they thinking? Who put you know, that uh, lineup together anyways? You know, County Crows, Dave Matthews Band, Our Lady Peace, you know, Godsmack, Collective Soul. Aye, 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 aye. Yeah. Will, Will, um, Willie Nelson, Elvis Costello, you know. Um, Red now, Hawk, you, you're naming off bands, but who did you go to see? Because you can't see all of them. No, and I didn't get to see all of them, but I, you know, I wanted to see Metallica. I wanted to see Rage Against the Machine. I wanted right. to see Corn. You know, I wanted to see James Brown. I wanted to see, um, I wanted to see um, Elvis Costello. You know, I, I, there were a bunch of bands that I wanted. Did you to get see. to see all of them? I didn't get to see everybody because the stages were about a mile apart from <laughs> a them. mile away from each other. Yeah. So there, there were two stages that that were basically running almost the same time. The east and the west stages. I and think, and right? it was impossible to kind of get back and, and forth. So you kind of had to, you kind of had to pick and choose what you wanted because remember, it's not just a matter of making it from one stage to the other, but you had to kind of fight through the crowd to get anywhere even near the stage. And yeah. you, you know, your friend Jack. I don't like standing far away. No, no, neither one of us do. Evidently, you know, so, obviously. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was a it was a bit of a challenge, you know, and we, you definitely had to make some choices, right? You know, so right. so like the, you know the second day, you know, we spent basically at the east stage. So we got there, and, you know, it started on. Uh, so this was the Saturday. It started with the tragically hip. Went to Kid Rock. Wyclef Jean and the Refugee All-Stars, Counting Crows, the Dave Matthews Band, Alanis Morissette, Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. Um, and I think one of them is missing. No, maybe it was the, the day before. Because Sheryl Crow played as, as well. No, Sheryl Crow was on Friday. 
So Friday, it was James Brown, G Love, and Special Sauce, Jamiroquai, Live, Sheryl Crow, DMX, The Offspring, Corn, and Bush. Right. Bush, I can't believe Bush ended. They came on after Corn. Corn should have closed. To- that totally show. anticlimactic because yeah. even back in Woodstock, you can't beat what that corn that corn set. Bush, was. Bush had already been kind of played out. They would have been better suited playing earlier in the day. So I, I watched that corn uh, set also, like I said, with my daughter, and uh, loved it. It's it's an epic, epic uh, uh, set during during that during Woodstock. Uh, if you get a chance. Go check it out on YouTube, Corn Woodstock, and uh, Blind. They start off with Blind, and I've never seen a crowd turn into an ocean of just people going up and down like a big, like a, a, a what do you call them, a wave pool? Yeah. And Jonathan Davis said, he 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 said, I looked out and and realized that there's three sets of speaker systems and there's a delay as sound goes right and he said he could see the crowd in front of him but then like a few seconds later he would see the reaction to are you ready and then he'd see that section go and then after that his quote was i I left my body at that point. I had no, I don't remember a fucking thing after that. It was so amazing. He said it was just unbelievable. He gave, he said, I I gave the show of my life on that night. And he literally almost, he, he had heat stroke when he got off the stage. They had to pack him down in ice and give him an IV. It was just that, it was that hot. And the crowd was just that intense yeah and that was a great set so if you if you're listening and you haven't seen it go to youtube and watch corn set at, at uh woodstock 99 you won't be disappointed people have to remember that that you know there was a lot of criticism and there was a lot of bad things that happened at woodstock 99 but there was a lot of good stuff that happened as well you know there was some great sets that you know some of it was really 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 fun yeah you know, it was it was definitely flawed in a lot of ways, and it really got ugly toward the end. But there were parts of it where you know you felt like you were at Woodstock. I mean, looking behind me and seeing, you know, there it is. It? Listen, I hear it. There it is. The train. <laughs> Every episode. You know, look, looking looking behind me and seeing a couple of hundred thousand people is is a pretty wild experience. How close did you get? Very close. So for Metallica, yeah. I was in the front row. So from what I understand, the uh, the Metallica pit uh, was, uh, from what people have said, you could literally, you'd be lifted off your feet without even trying because the movement was, it, it becomes, it's not about one person. A pit like that becomes its own organism. It's everything moves at the same time, whether you wanted to or not. And they were saying people could, their feet would be off the ground and they would be swaying left and swaying away. But that also causes a lot of people started getting cold. You know what that means? Well, it, it, it rained. <laughs> well, no hypothermia starts to kick in because it's too hot. Your body temperature goes up, right? 
it is not they, they it just starts to kick in the heat no, but, stroke but, but, and listen listen what what happened was like if you if you look at pictures of the Woodstock 99 stage yeah they had the kind of hippy dippy peter max uh mural right you know these big yeah. you know long pieces of fabric that decorated uh the stage with a lot of bright colors and whatnot and when Metallica came down, this this probably had to have been written in their contract or whatnot. They weren't going to be playing in this kind of fuzzy, you know, fun-loving, peace-loving, whatever. At the same time, when Metallica was ready to come on, there was an announcement that came in saying that there was a, there was a storm front coming in. So I don't know whether they did it for Metallica or they did it because they were expecting high winds. But all of a sudden, all of the you know, 60s, hippy-dippy, you know, peace sign things came down revealing just the scaffolding. Yeah. Of, so Perfect. it had this big, ominous look. And and there was a storm right before Metallica came on. It didn't rain very long. It didn't rain very hard. The winds got heavy for a little bit, but it soaked that that crowd. Right. So right. I, I'll tell you, so I was, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 100, 200, yards from the stage and i'm standing there and all of a sudden i feel something behind me and it was a woman in a wheelchair and i and i was like oh hey are you okay and and she was like i need to get to the stage i need to get to the stage and she was kind of wheeling herself and she was like will you help me and i said sure so i got behind the wheelchair and and i pushed her the whole way up and we got we got to the barrier so we were in the front front row, and I had a, a little section for her, and she was like, "I want to be handed over into the pit." Oh, so me and a bunch of other guys body we surf. Lifted, we lifted her up and handed her over the barrier, and they put her kind of in between the pit and the stage. Right. Oh, front, okay. Yeah, right, right in front of um, um, shit. The guitar player's name, not James Hetfield. Uh, the lead lead guitar player's name. Oh, the Filipino um, guy. Yeah. So I mean, wait, I was right up, right up front. But you're right; it was cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had that kind of an experience when I saw Rage Against the Machine in Albuquerque, and uh, that mosh pit got a little got a little crazy. And not to get off the Woodstock subject, but. Uh, I was in the mosh pit and now Albuquerque is mile high. So it's thin air. And if you're not used to it, you will be sucking wind real fast. Right. So I got in there and I got a little claustrophobic. So I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of this thing. Right. So I make my way out of the mosh pit all banged up, but that's why you go in. Right. And I end up standing probably, I don't know, right behind the mosh pit. Uh, I end up standing next to this, this, uh, dude in a wheelchair. Right. And I just looked down. I go, you having a good time? He goes, yeah, man. He's all, you know, I said, uh, you want a mosh? He's like, yeah. So he starts ramming me with this, <laughs> with this <laughs> wheelchair. Right. And I'm bumping the wheelchair. It was like, it was like, it was a moment, right? It was really cool. Um, my buddy came out of the mosh pit. He lost a shoe. <laughs> like another dude. T-shirt was torn. But I was moshing with a guy in a wheelchair. It was it was it was fun. It was a good story, I think. Good experience. But back to Woodstock. Um, so once Metallica ended, what did you do? I went to the rave tent. Yeah, 
right? So they were saying that uh, how they thought that was going to cross over and be any good and, and work was was beyond, you know, thought. Like, what are you thinking? You have Corn, Metallica, Rage Against the Machine, you know, all these 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 new metal bands, and then you got a rave tent. Like, how do you and think that's going to mix? And the, the rave tent went pretty much all night. Till five in the morning, right? Yeah, all night long. So you got these lunatics that come out of the mosh pit from Metallica and then go yeah, and go over. The, but you're <laughs> not an aggressive meathead type dude, no, right? No, well, no. Well, meathead. Meathead, okay, okay. You, you're not, no, an not aggressive. aggressive. You weren't an aggressive kid. Jack was always a good kid. <laughs> Every Jack was one of those guys. Everybody liked Jack. Jack had no beef with anybody. I can't say the same for me, but that's why we're friends. We're opposites. No, the the closest thing I got to a fight when I was uh, younger was with you. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Stupid shit. Anyways, back to Woodstock. Enough about me. <laughs> Being a we're gonna no, fight. I wasn't a believer. We're going to fight. What are we going to fight about? <laughs> we're going to fight. Dude, we can't fight. You're not going to fight me. No, we're going to fight right now. Dude, I'm me. your fucking ride home. You can't fight me. <laughs> I'm your ride home. I don't care. I'll walk. Uh, not many people would say. I must have been drinking gin that night. Gin did that to me. Very unpredictable when I drank gin. You, Very unpredictable. You. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so you raved a little bit. Was the crowd uh, the same? Was I mean, it was packed, right? It was, the rave it tents was, were always packed at night. It was, they? it was it was packed, and people were definitely lighter. But but there was there was just that kind of frat boy, yeah, you know, mentality that that were out there. You know, where there were like six, eight, ten, twelve guys. You know. Again, you know, baseball caps on backwards, you know, shorts, no shirts, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, there, and there was there was a blatant disrespect for for women at that event. You know, just in general, I saw, you know, a lot of it, and and some of it. I'm not saying that it was um, it was unduly um, invited or or whatnot, but you know, there were plenty of women there that wanted the Woodstock experience that were walking around, you know, naked or topless or whatnot, and had every right to do so. Uh, but there were guys that just didn't know how to handle it. Oh, you know, so I, that I, I, became I, I, kind I, of a controversial thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know, and I watched the documentary on this, and there, there were, you know, bands, even like the Dave Matthews band, Hippy Dippy band, right, that talks about, you know, hey, there's a lot of, you know, hey, I see a lot of titties in the audience. I, I, I kind of wish that those bands, and probably didn't even have the presence of mind at the time, that they had said, hey, take care of each other out there, you know, watch out for your girls, watch out for your sisters, watch out for each other. I think, I think that type of vibe, if it was consistent amongst the bands, it would have went a long way to maybe stop some of that bullshit. Well, you, you got to think now you can't, you can't tame a wild bull in one day. Right. So you had like limp, you had, you know, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, they they were playing um, during the the fires when the fires started because of, on on Sunday evening they they, they, they had given out stuff. candles. They had given out candles, and they wanted to because it was like it was a couple months after Columbine happened. Yeah, 
and they wanted to, you know, it was, it was against, you know, gun, you know, whatever they call it, you know, against guns. And they wanted to do a vigil and a vigil. And did you say vigil? Yeah, I said vigil. I made oh up a word. God. Have one what? in February. Uh, there you go. I was going to say somebody already wanted to know, hey, Jack, what's the month after January? So you stuck with it. Anyways, back to back to back to. Um, so they had told Anthony Kiedis to like, hey, can you tell, you know, shit's burning. Like they're starting to burn down the scaffold and the East stage got lit on fire. And what did they do? They start in uh, their version of Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. Let me stand next to your fire. Yep. Fire. And they, they kind of, you weren't going to tell these bands like, hey, calm everybody down. That's not, that's not how they're wired. They're all in their 20s. They, they got 100,000 people watching them. And they're going to come out and go, hey, man. Hey, everybody like Mick Jagger at Altamont Speedway. No more violence. People, people, why are we fighting? Exactly. Are, why are we fighting? Nah, that wasn't happening in 99, buddy. That was not happening. No, hey, when, you know, when uh, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and all that crap went down, I was sitting on my couch at home. But you could you could tell something was going to go down. We we ended up leaving Sunday just because it was it was just ugly. You know, it was just a just a bad vibe. You could li- you could, you know, whether you believe in this type of thing or not, you could literally feel it. You could feel there was just It was in the air. There was a lot of tension, it was, right? It was in the air. It was I I would imagine that it had to have been something like being at Altamont where things just did something just didn't seem right. Yeah. And you could you could tell that, you know, you were just about at a tipping point where things were going to go terribly terribly wrong. And I said to, you know, Bert and my nephew, and my nephew was devastated because he wanted to stay and see Godsmack who was playing uh later in the in the in the evening on yeah. uh, on Sunday night. It was like pack it up, we're getting the hell out of here. Yeah. And we yeah. we got out of there and you get to you got to remember my nephew at the time was only 14. Oh. So I was responsible for him. There's so no was he with that- you when you saw Metallica everywhere you went, he went yeah. 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 That's, that's the responsibility in that crowd, buddy. Yep. Yep. That's a big response. I mean, people. Yeah. He, he, he had to be, have been one of the younger people that, that were there. And he, 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 could, he did a lot of growing up that weekend. Evidently. So you got there on Friday and you left what? Sunday morning? Sunday morning. Yep. Right. And you Packed drove? We drove home. We didn't even stop. Did you, uh, did you take all the tents with you and everything? Or did you everything. say, fuck it? packed up everything ah our tents tents got broken into i had one of my a duffel bag you know stolen they they got a bunch of my clothes really yeah but you know it was just it was a bad scene it just uh, you know it was a bad scene bad element you know people that were you know too drunk too broke too hungry too hot too tired too dehydrated yeah it was just just not handled well who was the last band to play in 99 do you remember i thought it was the chili peppers but no they, they, it I, was, I, I i i can't think i i know who it is i just can't think it's on the tip of my tongue who they were well, it, may, it may have been on the west stage maybe megadeth well the the east stage was gone <laughs> they yeah. burnt down the east stage yeah. i had the bonfires 
It was like it was literally a fucking Lord of the Flies, real you know, they, they in, were, in real they life. Were, they were tearing down the towers. Yeah, they were. And they, they were. They were speakers. The, they were throwing giant speakers into this bonfire. Yeah, and and you know this was a serious thing. People went to jail. There was forty arrests, I believe. There was, uh, I don't know how many. Uh, probably like only reported, maybe like thirty sexual assaults. One of them was a, a prison guard that worked in, in one of the prisons in New York, got convicted of a sexual assault. Um, yeah, there was a, there was, it was just bad. The state police came in and basically did the push broom thing where they just forced everybody, they forced everybody out. But uh, it was just a, a total, total shit show. So you named two of them. Who was the third and only it was only three females that played Woodstock. You named two of them. Who was the third? Uh, Woodstock '99. So, so it was Cheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Uh, Jewel. Good call, buddy. They had one each day, one woman each day. And you know, these fucking people complain like today. 20, what, 22 years later? You know, we should have had more representation of women in that. Uh, they only had three. In like, t- Did you see their sets? I've checked them out. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Boring. Um, I don't Jewel. know. You know what? Jewel and Woodstock. Come on, man. Yeah, Alanis Easy Morissette to look was, at, but Al- Alanis Morissette was really good. I thought Cheryl Crow was good too. But but you know, well well placed and no disrespect, you know, from a gender standpoint, but you know, they were in the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, people were kind of mellowing out and enjoying the sun and whatnot. <laughs> you know, and 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 I mean, th- you know, think about it. I mean, they they certainly could have and maybe should have had more women on the bill. But when you get into the afternoon, I mean, you you're not going to put Jewel or Alanis Morissette on after Kid Rock and no. Biscuit and wedge yeah. them between you know Corn and 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 Metallica. It's yeah, just, it just it just wasn't well, that Corn and, and Creed or whatever was was the last on Saturday night. Yeah, you it know, was just um, yeah. well, so it, so yeah, but but you're right from a diversity or an inclusion standpoint, right? You had you had you had a couple of women that that got to play. And you had a couple of non-white rock acts, right? So you had you had Al Green, you had James Brown, you had Los Lobos. So who else you know, do you, you had, want you had, other than James had, Brown and Al Green? I mean, come on, those are icons. What, what are you going to bring in? You're going to put together uh, a living color again? Bring them in? You know, it, I, 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 there I, was not I, that I, much sure. representation. Oh, oh, what about DMX? DMX had one of the it biggest DMX, sets. Yeah. Oh, he had one of the biggest sets of the whole three days. Yeah. DMX I, absolutely ruled that crowd. And then you hear the people say, well, he, you know, there are all these white people. And it's like they wanted him to play that song, You're My N-Word. You're My N-Word. And they enjoyed saying it. And, how you know, it's like, shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> it's 1999. These kids today, they weren't even born and they were four when this shit happened. And they're like, it wasn't diversified enough and it wasn't, there was no equal. Shut the fuck up again, please. You know, it was 1999, not 2000, not 2021. That's what I say to that. 
And Sheryl Crow was popular then. Jewel was popular then. Alanis Morissette was huge. They, they were all they were all huge. They were, they were all, all huge. huge back then. Yeah. There was who are they gonna get? Joan Osborne to come in. So you just really turn it into you want to turn it into half Lilith Fair, half Woodstock? We'll call it Lilith stock. Shut the fuck up again. <laughs> That's my rant. I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. You need to take a break. You sound like, you know, one of the guys that were in the mosh pit. He should go put on a baseball cap. Is there a lot of people back. saying shut the fuck up in the, in the mosh pit? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I I think we covered we covered a good amount of. I think. Is there anything else you want to uh, tell? Yeah, the, the the only thing that I'll I'll say, you know, just because it it struck me when you were talking about James Brown is, you know, talk about from a generational standpoint. You know, I had my I can't, I can't remember if it was like you know fourteen. He was young, you know, thirteen, fourteen, whatever it was, and he wanted to see you know Metallica and Limp Bizkit, and and in particular, he wanted to see Godsmack. And I remember we were really, really close to James Brown. We were like right in the front row. And my nephew was going, I fucking hate this guy. Who is this guy? I hate he was like, This guy should die. And I and I just I remember grabbing him by the shoulder. You know, not not bad, but just putting my hand on his shoulder and say, Dude, just fucking pay attention. You have no idea what you're watching yeah. right now. This is this is yeah. history. You will probably never have this opportunity again. And he never did. You'll be bragging that, about and, it in twenty years. Yeah. And and now, you know, now he was like, I'm so thankful that you made me watch it. And I so wish that I appreciated it more than I did. Right. You know, yeah. because James Brown was, he was James Brown, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think we cup. I think we covered, uh, we did a little damage on, on Woodstock tonight. 50 minutes. I didn't think we were going to talk about Woodstock 99 for 50 minutes. Oh, there's, I, I thought we would. That's why I said let's, and, and how me and Jack do it is most of the time, like today, I just texted him and said, let's talk about Woodstock 99. It was like three o'clock. I, I said this. So it's not like we're, you know, it's, this is, I knew we were going to have a lot to talk about because you were there. I was there. You know, so I mean, what more do you want than somebody that actually lived at least for two and a half days? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the other two, Friday, Saturday, and then you left Sunday. Yeah. Um, it was a trip, man. The whole thing, it was, it was, it was a trip. Yeah. You know, de definitely a, a, a strange experience. I would imagine, not, not that it's the same, but you know, you talk to people that, oh yeah, I was at Altamont. Yeah. 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 It, it kind of, it just, I mean, I certainly wasn't. This was out. a lot different than any. So four months later, so, you know, it got all this. MTV really fueled the fire, pardon the pun, on uh, on how tragic Woodstock 99 was. It was always, it was still a good time. A lot of people had a, a good time. It just ended wrong, right? So, but MTV really fanned the flames and the media, the rest of the media caught on to it. And Kurt Loda I guess they were, they were dogging him saying, Kurt Loda, he's a wannabe war reporter, you know, war correspondent, because that's how he was treating Woodstock. Like he was in the middle of a, a battleground, you know, yeah, look, look, if he, they if were throwing treat, plastic bottles at Kurt Loder. Yeah. I mean, look, if you, if you say, hey, look, it's a concert that got a little bit out of hand or whatnot. Right. There's no story there. Right. Right. You, you want you want to create compelling content. Right. So you you play it up. 
and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize, you know, whether it was the sexual assaults or the violence that occurred, you know, or, or the theft or anything like that. But, you know, they definitely wanted to, um, you know, uh, kind of blow it out of proportion because it, it makes it an event. It makes it a story. It makes people watch and more people that watch, the more that your sponsors are going to pay to have ad space. And they were, um, they, they were heavily promoting this too. They were like, they were covering this 24 seven pretty much, you know, this, this whole thing. Uh, then came Woodstock 50, which never got off the ground. Epic fail. Nobody wanted to get involved. People backed out. Bad planning. Never went. Never went off. They tried to do it a couple of years ago before before the coof took over the world. Um, I don't think there'll ever be another one. I, I don't think there should be another one. Um, no, although they, you know what, the way these kids are today, it would be like '69. It would be a fucking love fest. And no, you you know, look, it it had its run. Yeah. You know, they, they did a nice job trying to recreate it in 94 and that, and that, that didn't go, you know, without a hitch either, but you know, you're talking about a nice wooded area and, and, you know, it rained and it was cool and there was green space and whatnot. So it was certainly closer to, you know, kind of the original intent and, you know, this, this whole idea of putting it on an air force base, it, it, they they took all of the elements of Woodstock that made Woodstock special, and they, and they forgot about it. Well, the concept of the Air Force Base was right because it was basically it was already a secured area. Yeah, and which although means, it was an abandoned, that, that people which people couldn't sneak in. It yeah, was more it was more controlled. Which I you mean, people you can't, you can't tell me that they had it on the Air Force Base because they had adequate facilities because they didn't. No, it was basically, well, they had the the hangars that were already there. They didn't have to build those. So those were good for the raise. Those were good for staging. Those were good. All that stuff was already there. So they didn't have to put money into that. They just didn't think it through with the heat and the the, the tarmac. You know, well, that's what we called it in the Air Force, the runway. Um, the and, and the you know, it's just didn't. Tarmac. It was, yeah, tarmac. <laughs> the tarmac. tarmac. So, yeah, so four months later, you have Coachella. Which was the polar opposite. Yeah. You know, everyone was watching. They were like, oh, Coachella's going to be, a, oh, it's the next Woodstock. Coachella's been making like $150 million like every time they put on a festival yeah, but California. Coachella, Coachella's not the same as it used to be either. It used to be cool in terms of, you know, real alternative type yeah. bands. And, they, and they, would, they would actually get bands together. That was the one place where I thought could and I knew it was a long shot and it was probably never going to happen. But I thought there was the possibility of Coachella that you actually might see a Smith's reunion. Right. There was, there was a little talk about it. Uh, yeah. There was a little talk about it, but you know, you know, Coachella has been gentrified and you know, there are yeah. you know, VIP packages that yeah. are thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the cool kind of, um, you know, alternative bands that they, they don't dominate it anymore. Now it's, you know, no disrespect, but it's, you know, Beyonce, or, you know, Lady Gaga, you know, that, that, that type of thing. It's more of the popular music. It's lost what it was. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying, not saying it's, it's better or worse or whatnot, but it's not what it was. No, no. So, um, speaking of causes, I purchased some tickets yesterday morning. Who are you going to see? Ah, uh, a bucket list group. So I got screwed on my last two bucket list groups. I squeeze 
you know, I got we got so screwed. Can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead. Tears for fears. And who's their special guest? Allison Moyer. No. In garbage. Yeah. Allison yeah. Moyer is is playing on that bill too. Is she? Yeah. I like her. Hey. Yes. Come on. How's that for a guess? Look at you. So I took uh I'm wicked smart, boy. Wicked smart. I got some really good seats at the, it's the West Palm Beach Amphitheater. Now it's, it's changes every year. I don't fucking perfect vodka yep. and I think and whatever that. Have you ever is. seen Tears for Fears? No, that's why it's been a bucket yeah. list for me to see them. And I they're know they're really going to be good, good because the they're older. Really, 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 really good live. The older bands get, the more polished they are live. That's they one thing you say about groups like them. And their greatest hits album is a start to finish album. Deb Deb and I have seen them, I think three times and they've been fantastic every time. What is your favorite tears for fears song? Um, don't steal mine. You don't know what it is, but don't steal it. I I love mad world. Uh, but, but believe it or not, I, one of my favorite songs of theirs is, is one of the songs that's a little bit later. It's, it's older right now. Uh, but it's called Break It Down Again. Great song, right? Great song. Break it down again. Well, it does sound just like him, like right? That. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Here my favorite, that's a great song. But my favorite song from Tears for Fears, probably one of their most underrated songs, Advice for the Young at Heart. That's a great song, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's a great song. It's, it, I mean, it, it is. It's such a good song, man. And I have, listen, you know, I got good taste in music, but I just like that song for some reason. It just, it's that, it's that song that just kind of touches you. You know, it's a very good, well written, well produced song. Yeah. It's they're not, a, they're a great band. I'm, I'm yeah. interested. I've only heard the, the, the single, but they have a new record that they've put out. Um, so it's, a, it's actually a pretty good story, right? So they, they, um, worked with their management and they were going to put out a record and, and the management and the record company actually hired them some young guns to actually write them a bunch of songs. And they recorded a bunch of them and they said, you know what? This isn't us. Yeah. So they scrapped the project and they did something that they haven't done since they were in high school together. They rewrote their album and they just went into a room with two acoustic guitars. And yeah. they, they kind of just ground it out and put out... Um, I've only heard the 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 one cut, which is definitely you know decent, and I'm eager to hear the rest of it. Yeah, they they had a falling out for a little while, but that's that's typical. They had a uh, an, uh, they had a meteoric rise. Songs from the big chair really launched them, and you know, but you know that happens. So yeah, I got uh, got a couple of really good seats for for me and Doctor Vera, and uh, nice. it was our huh. I said that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's Christmas presents for each other. You know, that's our Christmas presents because then tickets ain't fucking cheap. Tab <laughs> uh, and I, we we kind of did the same thing, right? So we're not buying each other stuff because we buy stuff when we want to buy stuff. She always says, uh, you know, look, you're the worst to buy Christmas presents for. I was like, how is that fucking possible? I play yeah. guitar. I love yeah. records. I love yeah. books. I love, you know, painting. Paint. Yeah. So you could buy me photography, paint, brushes. Yeah. You know, photography, all of that stuff. She was like, I have no idea what you have and what you don't have. Yeah. So can't go wrong we, with music. No, or, we, we've got we've gone more toward um, you know, um 
of events and experiences. So this year, you know, we're not really exchanging gifts. You know, we'll exchange a couple of small things, but in the summertime, we're actually going to go over and spend almost two weeks in Greece. Nice. Yeah. There you go. You going to see any concerts there? I don't know. If there are. Then don't bring it up on a music show. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about Christmas. Talking about music. Hey, are we going to do? Yeah, uh, we are. We're not going to be on next week. We're taking Wednesday on because it's the night before Thanksgiving. I'll be be on. I'll go do a solo (laughs) show. I want to hear that. You can do it, buddy. You can do it. Uh, So we're not going to have a. We're going to start, you know, we're going to cut back a little bit on the holidays because we, you know, we've been grinding out this for, you know, about what? I don't know, five months now? 30, 30, 33 episodes? Seems like 10 years. Shut up. Anyways. You shut um, up. No, you shut up, stupid face. Um, yeah, we are going to do a Christmas show. Absolutely. We're going to, don't play the guitar yet. I'm not done. I'm sorry. Don't, don't. All right. Hey, stop. All right. Stop. Okay. Whatever that was. So, uh, you are, you just, you're lucky you're on the other side of the camera, buddy. (laughs) All right. First, we got two things to finish off the show. We got Todd's trivia time. All right. I got this for you. I'm going to, I'm going to describe a band and you have to name it. All right. Cause our buddy Todd, my buddy Todd puts, he puts work into this. And I, I, I always give people credit that put in their work. So this band, and this is again, Todd's trivia time. Uh, this band is an American rock band formed in 1975 in New York city and active until 1991. Described as one of the most critically acclaimed bands of the 80s, the group helped to pioneer new wave music. What was that? By integrated elements of punk, funk, and world music with avant-garde sensibilities. This band released their 1977 debut album, and hit their commercial peak in 1983. In 2002, jump in at any time. In two, I know this isn't oh, easy. Are you, are you waiting for me to guess? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just, you know, giving. No, credit. at any time. Just, you know, let me know so I don't fucking waste my breath. So my, my initial guess was the Talking Heads. And not, not even the Talking Heads, because it isn't the Talking Heads. It's Talking Heads. There you go, buddy. Woohoo. There you go. You, by the way, did you what know did I that? just do? I just muted myself. Wait, did, did you know that it's not the talking heads? It's just talking heads. Yeah, it's talking heads. Yep. Yep. Just like it's not the corn, it's corn. So you too. So we got that in. All right, let's jump to stop talking. You shut up. All right, this day in music. Uh, let's see. On this day in 1963, which today is what? November 17th? Yes. John Waitman, the headmaster of Surrey Grammar School, banned all pupils from having the Beatle haircuts, saying this ridiculous style brings out the worst in boys physically. It makes them look like morons. <laughs> On, and Jack does have a Beatles haircut for the people that don't. No, well, actually, he shaved it because he's bald, but. He does wear the wig. 
Uh, on this day in 1966, the Beach Boys were number one in the UK singles chart with good vibrations. As a child, Brian Wilson's mother told him that dogs could pick up vibrations from people so that the dog would bark at bad vibrations. Wilson turned this into a general idea for the song. Uh, on this day in 1967, the 16-date UK package tour with Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, The Move, The Nice, and Amen Corner played at City Hall, Sheffield. A review of the Sheffield Star noted, like an electrified gollywog, Jimi Hendrix threw himself into a live wire act that featured his intricate guitar interpretation. Quite an experience. Uh, on this day in 1971, Slade went number one in the UK single chart with Cause I Love You, the group's first of six number ones. The Who, on, in this day in 1973, The Who doubled album Quadrophenia entered the UK album chart, peaking at number two, one of the two full-scale rock operas from The Who, the other being which one? Quadrophenia. Well, that's what I just mentioned. What's the other one? Tommy. There you go. Tommy. Pay attention. Tommy. Stop looking at your guitar. Stop tuning your strings. Sorry. The 1979 film based on the stories, on the story really stars, Phil Daniels, blah, blah, blah. Uh, on this day in 1984, Wham! We're at number one in the UK album chart with Make It Big and number one on, on the US singles chart with which song? Wham! 1984. Freedom. No! That came later. Wake me up before you go-go. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I had a joke there, but I'll leave you alone. Uh, <laughs> George Michael's inspiration for the song was a scribbled note left by his Wham! partner, Andrew Ridgely, for Andrew Ridgely's parents. Originally intended to read, Wake Me Up Before You Go, but without backslide, blah, who cares? Andrew, uh, Rid and, Andrew Ridgely, you know, kind of a musical joke. $40 million. I told you. I said that to you, man. $40 million. Actually, maybe $60 million. I can't people, remember. I said, Andrew Ridgely, people laughed at him. I said, that dude laughed all the way. to. He's still laughing all the way to the I, bank. I'd be like, you can make fun of me. Good oh, for him. What you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said, what's it like to be the other half of Wham? I said, it's very rich. Absolutely. It's very rich. Ah, uh, let's see. It's being the other half of this. Well, okay, on this day in 2003, George Michael... haven't even done any hot sauce. <laughs> Shut up. You'll get some for Christmas, maybe. <laughs> so, so will Scott, the IT guy. Maybe. Uh, on this day in 2003, George Michael signed a new contract with the record company he took to court in 1993. The singer re-signed to Sony in a deal that included his extensive back catalog. Michael had failed in his court wrangle with Sony after accusing it of professional slavery... His contract was bought out by Virgin Records. On this day in 2007, the Eagles were number one in the U.S. album chart with Long Road Out of Eden, the band's seventh studio album and first since 1979. On this day in 2010, Patti Smith won the National Book Award for her, for her memoir, Just Kids. Who oh, cares? Great. No, 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 no. Not, not who cares. That is a great book. Yeah. Go read it again. No, no Scott. Scott. <laughs> Okay, okay. Great, great book. And I, listen, if you, if you don't want to read it, that's I fine. I believe you. Get onto Audible and download it. She actually reads it. It is a fascinating story. As long as I don't have to look at her face. Oh, God <laughs> almighty. She does, have a, she does have a face for Audible books. 
Yes, yes, and and we're we're, we're remarkably handsome, you and I. Well, I know I am. Speak, I can speak. Yeah, we, we look like Danny DeVito's offspring. No, you do. Shave. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I can't shave. It's Movember. Ah, uh, let's see. It's Movember. That's right. That's right. All right, birthdays today. Uh, uh oh. Born on this day in 1938, Gordon Lightfoot, Canadian singer. Yeah. Let's see. Wait, if you can read my mind, in 1974, wait. U.S. number one single, Sundown. Scott, fa- favorite Gordon Lightfoot song? Come on. Ah, oh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. Dude, Sundown is a great wed- song, too. De- De- Deb and I, that's my our wedding song. Really? The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? <laughs> the wreck of the Jack Calabrese? <laughs> Let's see who else was born today. Uh, Oh, okay. uh, No, I don't care. I don't care about him. Uh, You guys can listen. I don't care. Oh, born on this day in 1960, the one, the only RuPaul. I give RuPaul some credit, right? Hey, RuPaul's Drag Race, great show. That well. He did have the he did have the hit. What was the name of his song? Oh God. Uh what like, is that name of that song? You can hear it in my head. The runway or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh on this day in nineteen sixty six, Jeff Buckley was born. American singer songwriter, tragic. Tragic ending. Uh, oh, and that's man. all dumb, for who was born. Dumb ending. Dumb matters. ending, Jeff Buckley, you dumb shit. Drunk. Jumped into the Mississippi River. Oh, I th- I, hold on. I thought you were talking to me like, because that's the end of the show and you were calling me a dumb shit for a bad ending. I would never do that. <laughs> I just, you're you're brilliant. brilliant. I didn't, well, I know. I know. Brilliant broadcaster. I know. I know. Did I say I know? Producing this quality show. I know. I know. I'm a I know. <laughs> you are Anyways. the Andy, you are the Andrew Ridgely of the uh, podcast world. Hey, I'm George Michael. <laughs> You're Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> I'm the WA and Wham, okay, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I, okay. I, I, I had a whole page full of crap to talk about and didn't get to talk about anything because we spent all that time on stupid Woodstock ninety-nine. <sighs> Dumb Dude. show. You do an hour and nine minutes, then you call it a, d- a dumb show. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'm leaving. Okay, we're done here. We're done. I want to thank everyone for watching. It was a good show. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, uh, if you like, if you like us, subscribe, pass it on. Let people know about the podcast. Let them know about the live stream. Let them know, let them know about the YouTube channel. Hey, uh, I just want to say, if I just made one person laugh. Hey, then it was all worth it. It right? was all worth it. Like I always say, doing this show for you people, to quote my favorite artist, Morrissey, the pleasure, the privilege is mine. And Jax. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll be off for Thanksgiving. We'll see, uh, we'll see you after Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Because Jack needs a break. He's I don't need, so, hey, I'm so, doing He my was show yawning. So you were yawning during the I'm show. I'm doing my show. It's going to be the Andrew Ridgely, Art Garfunkel, John O'Chill. I fucking dare you. I fucking <laughs> dare you.
I will bring you up. I will put you up and I'll walk out of the room. It will the, be the best the show ever. Is yours. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thank and and uh, Scott, the IT guy, evidently it's past his bedtime again. He's letting us down. He's losing that traction on the on the hot sauce. So he's losing what traction. hot sauce. Doesn't exist. Oh, doesn't exist. I, don't, I, I don't get any hot sauce. I got I got three cases in my closet. I'm sure you do. <laughs> All right, Jack, stay on. Everybody, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Good night, everybody. All right. Gobble, gobble.